I don't give a damn what went on. You should have beat TCU. With that ATS vibe. Longhorn Nation, we're back! Welcome back to another episode of Fire the Cannon. I'm Hannah. I'm Rocky. And I'm Megan. And today we have a very special guest joining us for a two-part series. We want to extend a warm burn orange welcome to our friend of the show, Quan Cosby. Quan, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh man, absolute pleasure. Y'all do a great job. So uh, it's an honor to be on here with the crew. Uh, thank you so, for joining. Uh, yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank y'all for allowing me to join you and talk a little Longhorn football. I love <laughs> it. I love oh, it. What a special guest. We're excited. So we have you today. We're going to talk about, recap that TCU game as little <laughs> as possible. <laughs> We're moving on. It is Texas OU weekend. We Amen. want to talk all about the Red River shootouts. Shootout Rivalry. is what we landed on. Yep. yep. Red River yep. shootout. <laughs> all right, let's get started. How much fun was it on Saturday at the TCU game? Not at all. No fun whatsoever. Fun. I hate everything. Oh. <laughs> so, Shit. yeah, Quan, I'd um, love to hear your thoughts on this. I know, you know, it felt almost from kickoff, we were just not feeling it. It, it seemed like right. well, just that, that's it in a nutshell. If you want to go back to that game, it took three kickoffs to get that dang game started. Right. So I'm, I try to give, especially COVID year, the refs the benefit of the doubt for being atrocious. The yeah. problem is there's a track record with the Big 12 refs. And then you fast forward to what we saw oh boy. Yeah. Saturday, and it was like, okay, that was the 2020 Big 12 refs. They're already horrible. And then you add the, the <laughs> worst of the worst. Maybe – the worst game I've ever seen officiating in my life. And I'm not saying that because it was, you know, UT lost. Because ironically, TCU had more penalties than UT. Mm, now, the did. problem is... They did. Theirs weren't as timely as Texas. Every right, time exactly. there was a big play, Texas, there was a holding call in um, the library that they called that brought back, you know, a 70-yard play. Right. And so it, it was just... Um, everything about that game was atrocious it was painful but they they didn't have the usual like crews or teams together because of covid traveling issues like they're trying to keep people closer to home refs closer to home so normally experienced crews that are usually travel together this is their excuse um that that because they normally have teams that know each other better is why they have such horrible groupings of people that cannot even communicate with each other and they're reviewing their own reviews which is crazy have you ever heard of that never so, yeah, so that's what they're doing. They're, they're staying regional and they're doing certain games and it's all that bull crap. When I go to a new football team, I don't act all that crazy different <laughs> for the football rules because I'm not with my normal team. Exactly. You have to adjust. Yeah, it, it's insane. Well, and one, I don't know if you guys know this, but one stat that I found just gut-wrenching from this is that Texas had over 350 yards of offensive plays called back because of our penalties. So yes, Quan, while TCU technically had more penalties, we suffered more from it in the sense oh, that yeah. Texas negated their own plays. I mean, they sh- that's the definition of shooting themselves in the foot. And yeah, I agree. Look, 
a lot of those calls were pretty horrific and there were a ton of missed calls too my god oh holding yeah. left and right i, I just well, oh and, and how many times have you seen anyone so if you think about holding you can honestly call holding every play because yeah. they're taught to hold right um so if someone throws a flag for holding that means you saw something that was so extreme you needed to throw a flag so agreed how the hell do you pick that flag up right. there's no such thing that's yeah. insane I cannot recall watching a game, college, high school, or pro, any time in my life that that many flags were picked up. It was like the refs were saying, fuck it, we're going to throw it no matter what, and we'll figure it out later. Like, that's not how <laughs> we're going to review it. our review. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, you know, it did get to the point that it was just egregious, right? Like, and the fans were showing it. And, you know, I know that TCU has no love loss for, for Texas, but even after the game, I heard from everyone. Hell, even Sooner fans were saying, man, that was, that was yeah. bad. Like, it, that's, that's just poor officiating if you're throwing flags for shits and giggles and yeah. figuring it out after the play. That's not yeah. how this works, right? Yeah. And, and it was painful. And, again, look, I don't ever want to be the person that blames the refs for, for losing a game. You shouldn't be in a position to, to, to have the refs be able to decide the game. But I will say this felt – beyond any normal sort of game, any normal sort of interference from the refs. I mean, this, this was giving me big OSU feelings from Charlie Strong era. Yeah. Right. The thing with that game though, is that that game was pretty, seemed pretty blatantly like lopsided. The refs were calling calls against Texas mainly where this game was just a shit show all around. <laughs> I mean, non calls, missed calls, picked, Picked up. Oh, Mulligan calls. What? Like, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. I've never heard Mulligan calls. That's what we're and, and I kept thinking about that OSU game in 2000 the whole time. And I was like, I didn't think it could get worse than that. And you had people enjoy because I watched it from home. So I got to watch it with the television commentary and get everybody's reaction because I wasn't there. And so, I mean, everybody was like, I never thought it could get worse than that, but it just did. Yeah, is this yeah. their first time refing period? Yeah. Like, and like going back to what you said, Quan, the rules don't change. I don't care if you've never refed with this person in your life. Like how, that, that shouldn't matter. You know, no, football no, is football. Exactly. Holding is holding. It was rough. Nice. And I had a, I had a colleague oh, that no, I made no. kind of a friendly little <laughs> bet with. And after this game, he was like, I, I, Never again. I can't. No, he said I can't with good conscience, kind of make you pay up. Like <laughs> I can't take your money after that. He was like, dude. Um, he was like, I, I feel a little dirty. Like that. That was weird. And that's what he said. And I was well, that's like, a good friend. That's a good no, friend. And, at least. And I said, no, I have to honor the bet, and, and and I did what I did. And um, but he literally was like, no, I can't. I, I have no words for what we just watched, and. Um, it's a weird too because I was thinking about it, and of course, another game Baylor West Virginia, I believe, went into overtime. And Muscle Man with his medium shirt on, ref, <laughs> it's like, why are the Big 12 refs so okay with having four hour games and overtime games? It's like they're way too involved. This yeah. is a rough year, you did not have a, a spring, you didn't have a summer. Let's have a little – let the damn – be. guess what? Let them play, man. They're playing yes. football. You're working. Let the damn game happen. Right. It's like just let it – I mean, I'm not saying you let somebody slam somebody on the ground by their face mask, right. but you would not be Which giving a done. kick. They've done. They have done. Yeah, and they yeah. missed. 
Yeah. You would not be getting a check if this game is not happening. Let it. We are here. We are appreciating football. We're not trying to watch your punk ass in the stripes all the time. Right. Especially when you're making 50, 50 calls. Yeah. So I agree. Speaking of terrible calls, let's talk about the actual offensive play calling. So <laughs> the first game, and, and I can kind of see <laughs> that what they were doing against UTEP. So they say, you know, they have a lot in the box. We got to throw the ball, whatever. You give, play what the defense gives you, blah, blah, blah. The second game at Tech, we all went to, and it was like forcing this run that wasn't going to happen. And, and against a team that had just given up almost 600 yards to Houston Baptist, we want to try to run the ball. And then, of course, when, they, when it's late, they throw, throw, throw. Okay, so <laughs> what is this offensive identity of this team? I have no idea what they were even trying to do. What do you think, Quan, is the offensive identity of this 2020 Sam Ellinger senior QB-led team? Um, let me see. We're three games in. So I think a portion of it, three games in, and I don't want to make the whole COVID crap because everybody had to deal with it. You know, I'm, uh, it, we're beyond, oh, it's a COVID year. Well, so everyone on the planet had to deal with that. So um, yeah. if I have a COVID year, and the reason I thought we were going to run through the Big 12 undefeated is because we have the senior quarterback. We have the guy who's a Heisman, you know, guy, and we have a plethora of freaking running backs. And so... I, I, this game, actually, I'm going to have to disagree a little bit. I probably saw the best route combinations this game than any other one. To your point, we were kind of forcing a run on the road, um, which, you know, I guess the concept, run game travels, uh, especially when you have the, the loud crowd. Well, we it don't really loud. have loud crowds. They had so a little that, speaker that sounded like it was underwater <laughs> in one exactly. quarter of the stadium going, so, ah, yeah, so let's let's toss it around all day long because we have a guy who can do it. And then um, we don't even want to talk about you. That was just a beat down. I thought um, we did what we needed to do in that game. But, um, you know, this game, I, I saw the Jake Smith caught a huge third down. It was an unbelievable route combination where they blew blew off the top and he caught it kind of a corner like route. Um, even the, mm -hmm. when Keontae at the end got caught, I mean, that setup was huge. Um, Jake Smith, when he dropped the, the first down possible for, uh, mm, touchdown. He was going to be gone. He was going to be was gone. Gonna be, was um, you saw Eagles. Um, you saw – holy, by the way, we have tight ends, folks. Yeah, Jared. I know. Yeah, yeah, tight ends. how excited we have um, been so, on this podcast about dude, tight ends. About having – First time Wiley. in damn near 10 years, we have Wiley. tight ends. Again. Let's see more. Tight ends. Yeah, he is huge. He's, oh, and, and oh my is, God. Epps is just as big. Epps who scored a touchdown. Yeah. So, conceptually, I actually – and I honestly, I'm a massive believer in your – this is why. Because if you go back to playing them at Okie o State, he won. Um, he made them more relevant than they ever were. And, and no, seriously. And Gundy has been missing them ever since. Yeah. And then you go back, you're exactly right. And then you go back to Okie's, I mean, Ohio State. He won. I mean, he balled out last year. I argue he had a better year than Joe Brady. Joe Brady had Joe Burrow. If you flip him, he has a better year because he's playing with a sophomore. Yeah. He and made, that sophomore is still a weapon. Exactly. 38, yeah, 38 touchdowns and one pick until the playoff day. Right. So I think yours is a real deal. 
Yeah. That's what I wonder too, because coming into the season, Ellinger was saying how him and Yurcich, they were just on this vibe together. The play calling was like, they could feel each other and the play calling, it was going smooth. And I feel like it just hit this funky, uh, uneven, crooked wall of just no, it doesn't feel watching it that they're just feeding off each other yeah. this cool vibe of play calling. It feels very just disconnected. Well, in tempo. Tempo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to that point too, at the beginning of the season, Yursich came in and said, look, we're going to be a pass first offense. That's my style. We've got the QB to do it. We've got the wide receiver by committees to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, he's been successful in the past with that. So I think that's where, it was a little confusing to me that we saw that right out of the gate with UTEP. We torched them, right? And then we go again to Lubbock and are trying to force this run. And then it was almost like with, with TCU, we couldn't catch their guys out of position to save our lives, right? And, you know, I think the thing that really frustrated me, and this is – I'm not going to put this on Sam, but this is where I wish Sam felt a little more empowered, was – you know, there are certain situations where I want Sammy to look, read the defense, take control, know and trust his offensive coordinator enough to say, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do, but this is what I'm reading and I know what I can make work, right? When he knows that Ingram is gassed on the goal line after those two plays, I wish that in some way, I wish that Sammy had said, I know my guy is gassed. This isn't the right way to do it. You know, call the QB draw, call, call the sneak. Like, I wish that that Sammy felt more empowered to do that. But at the same time, that's our offensive coordinator's job to know where his guys are at, right. where they're going through. Like, man, I just. I'm going to hear both of y'all. Hannah, what you about? Oh, no, you I was just going to say, like, uh, to your point, Megan, like, I remember comparing to, like, Vince Young, who is obviously an all-time great. Um, he kind of had, like, this sophomore slump. He was almost like he was overcoached. Like, he, he got into his own head too much. And then Matt came out, you're saying – we had to like kind of step back and just let Vince Young be Vince Young. And then, I mean, the rest is history. And I've often wondered with Sam and I really saw it last year, like his natural inclination is to do certain things. We saw it definitely as a true freshman. We saw it most definitely as a, in 2018, but then last year there was like kind of a dip. How is this happening? And I kind of see it now, like where, and I get, he, he needs to protect his body. He needs to stay healthy and not like just, you know, put his life on the line so many times. But I often wonder if he second guesses himself. And I, his, I think he's past it's that It's a point. new system. I, yeah, Rocky? I think he's past so, that So yeah, point. I was about to say, Rocky, were you going to say something before I answer this? No, go ahead. Or put my two cents in? Go ahead. So this is the thing, two things. One, you're right about Vince. Let him, let, let Vince be Vince. Two, Colt McCoy. Let Colt be Colt. So I'm going to tell y'all, man, when we were on that field, we had, and I say we, because it very much was we, me, Colton Ship. We watched film together. We went in and we were like, hey, man, I see this. What do you think? Oh, Colton, if they do this. And you go back to the Fiesta Bowl. Um, that play actually had happened in the fr- first half, right before the half. And uh, Trissel at Ohio State, dumb enough to actually do it again at the end of the game. <laughs> but Colt went to the other side to Brandon Collins. And I, and I talked to him and I was like, hey, bro. And Collins folded up because he thought he was going to get hit. And I said, Hey, you're my boy. Um, you're going to still be my boy, but if you do that again, we're going to have problems. <laughs> and he knew exactly what we meant. And, and, and by, I'll be dang if you don't go to the end of the game. Well, he brought zero blitz again. And before I could even look at Colt, Colt's looking at me like, let's go. And so it, it worked like that. So Colt's freedom on the field was unreal. So this is, but we're not apples to apples. Unfortunately for Sam, 
he's had four, three, four, five coordinators. We don't know. We thought Tim Beck. We thought uh, what was the receivers coach? Drew Maringer. Um, we thought Tom Herman. We thought now we have your sitch. So we're and then you have COVID. So where he may have had that freedom. At the end of the day, unfortunately, for Yersich, and, I, and he, I think he did his best job last game. I don't think execution worked out because there was drop balls and stuff like that. But they're still learning. This is their first year together. They're game three. The, the problem, though, the problem, though, and that's the difference. They, they weren't wrong by saying, oh, things are flowing. They're going great. But guess what? Another team wasn't trying to knock your damn head off. You take care of each other in practice, whereas in TCU and these guys, they don't give a hoot nanny about taking care of anything. They're trying to win. And so they're still learning a lot about a lot, you know, where's O-line, where's running backs, receivers. And then you, you haven't had a full state of receivers one game. Jake Smith was out. And then Whittington went out. And, and so it's yeah. – and then at yeah. that game, yeah. we didn't see – my man more for the rest of the game. So it's like, what the heck is going on? So, yeah, so there was a lot of going on to where they're still figuring it out. Now, I say all that to say I don't give a damn what <laughs> went on. You should have beat TCU. Simple as that. There's no if, ands, buzz about it. Your, th- your, yeah. your second team, whatever you team you had out there, at this university should be what – that was one of the worst Gary Patterson teams I've seen. Yeah. And I'm not saying they're bad kids. Per the product I've seen with Gary Patterson and his teams. Herman is one and three against Gary Patterson. Well, in TC. One and three. Speaking of that, did y'all hear? Did did y'all hear what Gary Patterson said in the end? Early in the week, Tom Herman made a comment. He said, uh, it was kind of a half comment. I'm sure if I'm Gary, I take it that way. But Herman was like, oh, well, you know, the thing about Gary is he's a great coach and he wins because, I mean, he really doesn't do that much. He's simplified. I so called that out. I said, Gary, why are we putting fire under this man's ass who already hates Texas? So did you, so did you hear what Gary said? So, mm-hmm. so his first interview afterwards, they were like, you know, what do you think? He was like, uh, are you excited about this win, bounce back win? He was like, well, you know, I'm not really excited because we really didn't play that good. Oh, that is a direct comment to That's a slap back. And you that know what? Is. Give him we didn't credit. play good and we beat Texas at home. He That's did, what that was. He deserved to have that clap back. And, and they didn't play good and they beat Texas no, at home. Where's the didn't. line? Where's well, the line? I see, I see no lies. They, Where's they the weren't, line? They, that wasn't the best game by anyone. Right. And they weren't that good. And, and well, I, for sure. And I, I struggle with Gary Patterson because I respect what he does. And I, and I agree that he consistently does more with less than most coaches across the country. I have, I have no question about that. I know that he had an opportunity. Texas, Texas knocked on his door at one point, and he basically gave the finger to Texas. He First had, of all, I don't struggle with Gary Patterson. He is not Texas. I don't ever want him here. Don't he, ever, right, and he I'm never will be here. After so, that, Bob, well, okay. he'll never be here. And side note to that, like, I wonder often if guys like Gary Patterson, who, who are known for making less – or making more with less, you know, they, they always get kind of the leftovers of recruiting or whatever. But if they're, if they went to like a big name school, like a Texas an Alabama an Ohio state, like if they wouldn't be as successful, I think that they're in places where they are like going to succeed the most, if that makes exactly. sense. Because but, they yeah. don't have the Texas pressure. 
Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. And look, Tom I, Herman has to deal with a whole lot. A whole, whole lot of wax being the well, like Mike Leach, if he went to a a blue blood school, I think it'd be the same thing. Get back to that leadership you were talking about. We we're talking about getting that team together. Let's listen to Sam Ellinger. I want to hear Quan what you think about Sam's comments. Uh, he had his press conference about do they need to like him for him to be the a leader? I want to win. Um, you know. It's not necessarily about um, liking people and not all leaders are liked, um, but being respected is more important because uh, you want to win. And so I think it was a challenge. I was kind of um, challenging guys to understand that aspect of it, um, to step up and take ownership of the program um, and the details of discipline. And, um, you know, if you don't, if you don't like somebody because they're pushing you because they want to win, then that person, I mean, you probably, I, I have a problem with somebody if they don't want to win and they don't like me because I'm pushing them to win. Thoughts? Oh my gosh. I mean, I live by that. I'm telling you, respect is eternal. I vow to be respect. Uh, you may not like me. You may not like everything I say, and that's cool. And guess what? It, that, that's the world we live in, but all I need for you is respect me. I'm going to respect you. And that's what it boils down to. In the game of football, the ultimate team sport. And this is the thing. Sam, talking to him directly, I mean, he's like, ah, oh, you know, it went well great or I didn't have my best. But I can respect that. The guy that comes to you first and say, I can do more. I can do this. And by the way, let's be real. The dude is having like a record-breaking season already. He's so bowling out, man. It's like, it's like uh, uh, if you're yeah. not doing your best, then we're surely underachieving on this. And so, yes, he is 100% right. And what Sam is saying right there, this is the way I dissect that. This is my version of what he's saying, because I don't want to speak for anyone. My days are numbered at this university. I love this thing more than anything. Hey, hats off, boots off, glasses off, everything's off. If this, we're freaking, we, this is all or nothing. I'm putting all of my eggs in this basket. If you don't like it, you know what? Get your butt off the ship because we have to win. It's set up for us perfect. Hannah, you said it earlier, Blue Bloods versus the next. If you're the Blue Blood in this conference, guess what? The other one, as I described this, this weekend's game, you got OU wounded, rolling in, bleeding, bleeding out. They're practically done. And then Texas is limping in after TCU. So if you're truly that Blue Blood, put the damn Band-Aid on there. Sack Go kick OU's butt yeah. and win the rest of the damn games. Like, and that's the yeah. like, seriously. And so I get fired up to hear that about Sam. We know that he's a great leader. And this is the thing. You know, it's so weird. because, And that's the cool thing about football being the ultimate team sport. If you have envy, if you're jealous, or if you're mad on the football team, you're never going to accomplish anything. I mean, it's funny because if you – I'll tell you a prime example. I didn't learn this until maybe a year ago, two years ago. The number one duo receiver to quarterback in UT history would say Jordan and Colt. No, it's actually me and Colt. I didn't know that. No, And I learned it, and I was like, nah. Hey, I, was cool I, was like, oh, I was like, no, no, I didn't say that for that, damn it. No, I, no, I, no. And I'm I was just like, saying, that's cool as shit. No, but this, <laughs> no, but this is what's hey, crazy everybody, about. we're talking to the, 
best receiving duo core ever in Texas football. His I only say that to say this. Most of us, guess what? I am that person, and I didn't know that because I would have argued it was Jordan and Cole. Did you know they were roommates? if i had the envious perspective or mindset and not the team deal i would have been pissed off and i've been like oh man i don't get any hype i don't do i don't give a damn about that what i cared about was winning what jordan cared about winning. what Cole cared about was winning with vince and all of our guys so i say that to say if you're at all mad at sam for saying that or getting on your butt then that's the problem. Yeah. You know, and that's what it's, that, that's, you're not here to win. You, guess what? That's respect. You know, if you don't like it, do your damn job. Yeah. Okay. I have, I have two, two comments on that. So I agree wholeheartedly. And one of the things that I was really, really frustrated with, look, I've been frustrated with Texas fans for a while. I'm not going to say how long, but mm -hmm. a while. <laughs> and Quan, I, I get you can't comment on this, but I'll go ahead and say it. Our fans are entitled and shitty. Oh. And they jump to conclusions. And look, look, y'all know me. I'm just going to put it out there. Like, we are entitled. We are Texas fans. And yes, I understand the legacy. I understand the tradition. I understand dumping all this money into being a fan and not getting a product that you want but the difference between wanting it and expecting it is what, what make, I think that is a vast difference, right? All right, and, you're, gonna, you're gonna turn this into something crazy because I, I got some things to say about that. Hey, hey, so. I have, go hey, ahead. Go, and I, no, I, no, I, I no, 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 I wanna hear this, I wanna hear this. Well, to, to speak to that, one, I've actually already had fans coming at me saying, as a matter of fact, I was listening to the horn this morning and the blitz, oh, y'all need to put the social justice crap to the side and oh. focus on football. And I'm like, that is not even like that is two total different. That's been to the side. These guys are playing ball. And, it turns and, out I can be a human and a football player exactly. at the same time. Who so knew? That, well, and, it, whole... and it's not like just because they play football, they're not going to walk out the door and face all those injustice issues just because they play football. This is while we're here. I'll just say real quick and remind people that listen to us: if you can turn off football and be done with discrimination and social injustice today, that is your fucking privilege <laughs> thank you yeah. hey no no and you're my, right day job, my day job is risk management and i do it every time i walk out my door mm, um, right. and, and, and i did it before i became an insurance risk manager and so so to, to take that to, to that perspective I, this donor it actually goes back to the charlie days and mm. we were talking and i actually made this comment and the thing is there's no lies so they were like, um, I was like, man, you really haven't given the guy the resources. You haven't given him a chance. Because I don't want to be that team out east that changes coaches every few years. And so I was like, man, let's well, give him now. the resources. Well, I know. And this is interesting, though. And, and this is kind of a little truth serum to our Longhorn world. They said, um, well, he can't get it done, and I just want to win championships. And I said, okay, let's, let, let, let's dissect that. We won it in 05. When did we win it before 05? 1960, yep. 70? 70? 70. 69 70. Years. Right. So, um, as much as I love this school, as much as I love everything about it, and honestly, we should be winning them 
every other year, every five years, every 10 years, because it is hard. We can't talk like you're just going to win it all the time because it is really, really hard. And every college goes through. But even competing for conference championships, we need to compete. Right. Yeah. Oh, so we 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 are not even because of our resources, we're not very realistic to things that can be. And our patience, our entitlement is is next level. Again, I'm a season ticket holder. I have spent more than I am comfortable admitting over my lifetime <laughs> on season tickets and my donation to get the tickets where I'm at and my away game travel and tickets and all of this stuff. Look, man, I get it. I will tell you, like, just heart to heart, after the Kansas loss, I questioned my existence. Like, <laughs> it was painful. And I think most people that know me and know I'm a damn decent diehard fan, right? Like, Oh, all of you um, are, and y'all are awesome for it. Look, well, but, but after that game and after that loss, I was like, why the fuck am I doing this? Why am I spending <laughs> this money, right? Well, i tell you what. And, and I say that comment because it's, it's real. At the same time, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't be any less of a fan. Y'all wouldn't either. But we, we got to be real about this stuff, man. We have to maybe take a, our own little humble pie and dissect where we, are, where we can get better as a fan base, as a university, as a athletics program, as a damn sure football program, which takes me to a whole nother level. Because lately... <laughs> We've been more of an entertainment school than a football school. Yeah, that is true. That is true. And you know, you got to keep that money coming in. You got to keep up yeah. with the Joneses, right? Hey, I, I, well, I got a question about this. How much did the Matthew McConaughey cardboard section help us Saturday? Zero. Yeah, that was I awesome. realize this is a double-edged sword for me, so I'm going to tread very lightly, and I'm going to say oh. thank you, Matthew. I appreciate you, and I love you. But then I'm also going to turn to Texas and say we have to have more than Matthew McConaughey to, to be a successful team. So, Quan, I really just want your perspective on this. Texas is one of the only, well, before 2020, one of the only uh, programs that profited money off of their athletic department, specifically football. Yeah. And then we've got this blue blood history and all of that. We've got the big name, everything like that. Um, what standing in the way because part of the entitlement means we should have all of these resources. Why isn't it happening? Like, why are we making these piddly bowls? And, you know, a couple of years ago, why aren't we making any bowls? What's standing in the way? What's standing in the way has changed. You know, ultimately you go back to Mac, DeLoss and Powers. We had a three headed absolute, and you go back to the ultimate team, football being the ultimate team sport. Those gentlemen never not knew what the other was doing. But the, they were all on the same accord. It takes that at a place like Texas because Texas is, is a big business. It is, um, it, I'm going to put it like that. That's why I may have to be a little uh, politically correct. It's a big business. Delicate. Uh, it is a big business. And so the loss, Mac, Powers, at least, especially for the first few years, were always on the same page. They truly were. And so Coach Herman, I will give it to him. When it first started, when he got here, he said, Championships are won by administrations, and that's true because it does always trickle down. Yeah. And so if you go to the last several years, I mean, again, now you have another one. Now, I absolutely adore Jay Hartzell, but you had Pimbus, and then you had, you know, an interim, and then you had, um, gosh, was Patterson was 
what? garbage. Patterson then, destroyed Texas in the way. So he you had back in Patterson. the way that people underestimate. And, yeah, and then you had my man uh, who, who who tried to bring the BBs back in in the box. Put the BBs back in the box. You know, and so it, there's been a lot of discourse <laughs> on every level from admin to you know lower levels, and then you've had multiple coaches. You've had multiple. I mean, again, think about this year. We have all, a, a brand new OC in DC. So we need some stability, man. We yeah, have no stability. And, and once we get that stability and we get people at the end of the day who love Texas more than they like their next job or their next goal or their next this thing, that's what we had with Mac. Mac, Texas was Mac's dream job. The loss was there for 33 years. Does that not tell you what you need to know about it? Right. Yep. Um, Powers was there for multiple, more. He taught there, and then he led, led the Powers place. Powers love Texas. And so we need people. And I'm not – I mean, again, I think the guys who are there right now, time will tell how long they're there or, or, or if they're looking to go elsewhere. But I know when Texas was at its best, when we were winning 10-plus every year, that, by the way, at the time, we took for granted. Wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough. Yeah. When we were doing that, Ooh, we yeah. were aligned. We truly were. And things were Alignment? stable. <laughs> Align. Yeah. Hey, attention to detail was a big deal back then. So can I ask you this? You know, as we go into this rivalry, right? I can't, look, I can't say that word. Again. We, as we go into the shootout this weekend. I, like I hope it's an absolutely beatdown versus yeah. these dang Sooners. But as we go into the Texas OU game this weekend, do you feel that the team on every level has that connection and has that feeling of family? I have some concerns with that, right? <laughs> this is what I do know. Um, because this is the other piece, you know. Usually I'll go in and kind of check the polls. It's, I mean, really, first week, see how things go. And this will be the first week of Texas OU practice I will miss since moving back to Austin. Yeah. And COVID has caused a lot of issues, and I'm super careful. I get that. This is the thing, man. If I'm going to get them tickled in my brain every week, I need this to be worth it. <laughs> I need us to win because that stuff is not fun. <laughs> and honestly, I didn't have sinus issues until they started doing this. <laughs> so that is and, – and, and that's it, a whole other deal. What did you – you bypass a lot of stuff to get there. But um, so – Sam's comments as one of the main leaders, looking at Coburn, I get the luxury in the post game to see these guys' face. And even going back to Tech, they were happy about the win, but they were not happy with the way it happened. And then, unfortunately, a week later, it didn't work out in their favor. Um, the difference, and I've said this before, but winning was a byproduct of hard work. It wasn't what drove us. What drove us, and we heard Sam talk about it, was losing. I've been retired for a long time, but I hate losing more than I like winning. And that will never change in my makeup. That will never change in any of my boys' makeup. That's what makes championship teams. You, um, It's not even about the win. The win is like, you know, to a certain degree, if you put in the work, you expect that. It's the losing that you can't stomach, that you can't sleep, that you can't go watch what you put on the film, 
that you can't look your brother in the eye, that you can't look your coach in the eye, that you can't look your family after a game in the eye. That is, you, it has to bother you. It still does, and I don't even play anymore. It has to bother you on a level that, like right now, you almost get nauseated to think about losing. That is the difference in what, on the field, where we have to get to. Well, as a diehard fan, <laughs> I, I mean, like, I've been a Longhorn for, as of yesterday, 37 years of my life. So. Oh, happy birthday. Anna had a birthday yesterday. <laughs> oh, and by the way, this is kind of a little fun fact. Not only does our good friend Tori show a birthday, but Rod Babers does too. So oh, happy, everybody's happy birthday. belated birthday, Rod. Babers and my peep. That's good. Hey, and believe me, Babers feel the same way. Babers hate losing more than he like winning. I promise you. We've talked about it plenty. Yeah. But as a fan, like – Obviously, I didn't play football, but for me, and like I, I, I talked to Rocky and Megan, of course, at, at in Lubbock last weekend um, about that win. Which, when you're there, and, and I had friends texting me like, "Oh my God, I, you saw that in person? That was historic!" And I'm like, "It didn't feel it was <laughs> satisfying at all. Like it was emotionally draining. It sucked. Yeah, we won." And it took like a couple of days to honestly digest that. But like Megan, you said we were sitting around eating giant cheese sticks and you were like you know what i will take a, a win over a pretty loss any day and i turned to you and i said like I, and i remember and i was like what the hell is a pretty loss like that doesn't even register to me i don't understand and I, okay i get what a pretty loss is that's not the point but like what, was that lsu last year lsu was a pretty LSU loss you would have yeah. been but that sounds so aggy to me y'all are preaching on here y'all are preaching it I, is I, aggy did y'all listen to me this morning because i was talking i don't get a flying f like I literally said that this morning. I said, I'm, I think our team is, one, from that, even though we lost, tackling little things that I looked at for the game, for your route combinations and execution. Well, the execution didn't always work out, but I think he called a, a pretty good game. There's no such thing in the burnt orange as a pretty loss. No, that, that, just isn't. that is the most aggy crap I've ever heard. That team eats. Yeah. Well, and the truth of the matter about the Tech game is this. It didn't feel great, but a year ago, we wouldn't have won that game. So Thank you. You can, Thank you can recognize the progress and the growth to a certain degree. But as all of us who were there, I was actually going to drive home after that game. I was like, no, I was literally like, I was like, who wants to stay in love with? But I was so exhausted after that game. I was like, screw this. And then I woke up at six o'clock in the morning because I couldn't sleep because the game just was so, I was trying to wrap, my, I watched a lot of football in my day and I couldn't wrap my head around what happened. And I was like, how, when, where, what, holy cow, but we got to win. And I drove home and at least four hours of it, I didn't have on anything. And I was just listening to silence going. Just replaying it in your head. I did. Let me make sense of this. Let me make sense of this. Yeah. I, I, I can't. And so, yes, you're exactly right from a standpoint of we can, we can acknowledge the willpower it took to accomplish what they did when they had 99.8% chance to lose the game. Really trying to grow because that wasn't pretty either. I, I think that win would have had, like, would have had been, like, I don't know, better exemplified, like, like propped up more like over history. Had we not have lost this last weekend. Had oh, heck yeah. You're exactly yeah. right. So yeah. this is the problem. This is where you question. You're like, did, did, did we put this win on a pedestal to the point no, that we didn't progress the next week? And I'm going to tell you, so I, we got to say something real quick though. 
I think that win yeah. was perfect for Lubbock because they they put Crabtree in the hall of blah blah blah. They did all that crap. He didn't even show then, up. He was on the screen. Dude, by the way, was that not the most bootleg bull crap you've ever seen? It's and he's like, what um, yeah, man, um, yeah, man, this is cool, and um, yeah, where it goes. <laughs> Crabtree and, doesn't and give a shit like, about that. Lubbock, who? Yeah, he doesn't give a shit like, about that. Uh, no, no phone. Who did? Who did? Tech is calling. Tech is calling. They want to give you some kind of award. Tech who? Oh, hey, you don't hey, know. They had a text and they go, it. hey, they shot him a text. Hey, man, it's us. Answer. We need a video. But yeah. um, the, so that was perfect <laughs> for them, to, for us to come back like that and give them a little taste of their own medicine for doing that while we were out there. But there's progress, but there's, but see, this is the thing, though. Herman said that. He said that wasn't pretty. We have a lot of things correct and all that. There's just the problem is fast forward to the TCU game and um I tell you what, there were some things corrected because I saw Deshaun Jameson at punt return, which I pay probably way more attention to than a lot. And the ball went further than it needed to, and he didn't chase it and try to catch it over his shoulder. Thank he you. actually just let it hit and he made there, there was little things that were progressed. The problem that is hard to understand is they corrected some, a lot of those things that happened in tech, and yet there was other things that happened. Why, did, why can't we be, why can we not have this leakage that keep costing us games? Why can't we be so in year aligned? Four, that, Tom, that, Herman's yeah. teams, Tom Herman's teams are the most penalized Texas teams of any stretch in Texas history. For all, let that, about that. For a minute. For all that alignment. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you, this, this is something I'm going to drop and then move on because I'm that asshole. So Quan, you said one of the biggest things, uh, you know, that motivated you and, and should motivate people is that you hate losing more than you love winning, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Has this Texas team gotten comfortable with losing? Mm. You know what? A year ago, I would have really said, maybe. Um, and not because I think these kids are amazing kids. I just think um, that there's a lot to that from a faith perspective and the overall everything. Uh, but that's why you make changes in the offseason to get better coaches and all of the above. And so, no. And, and again, I have a very unique perspective of having conversations with these kids, not just in the post game, but, you know, I'm going to be real. I kind of wanted to quit the sideline thing years ago because I like my weekends and now I drink. And so I'm, I'd rather drink and watch a game than be on the sideline and have to deal with all that. But <laughs> um, I, I, I do it now for the kids, you know, I, I truly do. And being your an older guy. matters. Yeah. Your experience it, 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 and your leadership, your voice matters more than the, other voices. Well, the conversation I can have with them, and I, and I hope it does because one, I can be real, but not be cruel. And that's the thing with these guys. The cool part is I don't have to tell them anything anymore. In in the last few years, I'd be like, hey, man, you got to, you know, as as I have in my office, I've suck it up, buttercup, but you, you got to suck it up and, and do different where, no, man, they feel it. I see it in them. I, I look them straight in their eyes. I see their body. And, and the weird part is I'm a has-been old-school guy, but in our postgame – Longhorn legend, we they say. Talk. Longhorn they talk. Longhorn legend. <laughs> they talk, and, and some of them feel so bad afterwards that they won't necessarily connect. And, and by the end of it, I'm forcing them. I'm like, no, look at me, bro. We're good. 
I see it. I see your pain. And I actually often talk about it in the post game because I need our listeners to understand that these guys are hurting. I, I get it. I, as fans, we, we, we get very emotional by it because we are spending our hard-earned dollars on season tickets, on traveling, on all of that. But these guys, some of them, and, and I know some of their life situations, this is generationally changing for some of them, and they care like yeah. crazy. They, they really, really do. Yeah. And, 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 and now it's almost like it, – it, it's funny because I'm like I, – I, I got on Obanaya and – I show them, but for calling me grandpa, but I feel like it now because I, I get, I mean, I feel this stuff. Um, sure, I get pissed as the game goes on, but when I sit down with them, then I get sad because I see their reaction to these losses. And it goes back to what Sam said. Sam meant every word. He said, Texas deserves better, you know, and He's going to do everything in his power to, to try to create that. And so is his teammates and so are the captains and, and so is the staff. And so I have no doubt that Sam loves Texas as much as he needs to. And a lot of those players do as well. So um, don't, don't ever question that. These players love this university to death and they want everything for it. And so it, it's a long way of saying. Um, We're just going to play that on. We're getting there. We're going to play that on a loop. Well, speaking, speaking of hurting, our, our boy, Chris Bennett, everybody knows CB on Twitter. Yeah, he's, man. he's legend. He's one of the, our greatest friends on Texas. R.I.P. his father, nothing. man, and yes. appreciate his service. Right. Mm. Yes, exactly. Thank you to his father. Rest in power, man. Um, he wants to know, as we get into our OU talk, where's Lendy Holmes? <laughs> <laughs> We got to lighten the mood a little bit. Lenny Holmes is uh, Yes, thank you, Stevie. Let's talk some Texas. Oh, you. Yes, Texas all day long. I could speak. I knew it was Texas. Oh, you. Lenny Holmes had a stay-at-home order before Governor Abbott issued it. He was quarantining before we even had to because he got a bye Felicia and he's been gone ever since. So I love it. All right. So Quan, I got to ask you, give us your favorite Texas OU memory from when you were playing. Golly, man, we went three and one and we should have been four and oh, but we went three and one and going back to, I, I, I unfortunately pictured a loss more than I do the wins, but it was 45, 35, uh, even though mm -hmm. uh, the big 12, For all of us. yeah, it was, um, you know, it was that it was, and ironically, it wasn't catches. You know, I, I me and Jordan had a great blocks. game. That you year. can say it was blocks. It, it was, it was something that would be illegal today, and it was <laughs> that dude's head off because yes. I would do it ten times. I would literally <laughs> this game. You have to feel about this game that you don't want to be selfish, but I would hit him right now with today's rules and not change the thing. <laughs> And I'd be like, sorry, man. Y'all going to miss me next game. But I, I, again, that's how I feel sure about him. Worth it. Yeah, yeah. Every bit yeah. of worth it. Hit, oh, that thump <laughs> is, you know, 10, what is it, 10 years now? Whatever it is, eight years. That's what's crazy, man. It the fact feel, that it's so big. We, we feel it today. You know, like yeah. that's one of those hits that is just a congrats, man. You made like the thump of the of the lifetime of century oh, man. cotton bowl history is if you put the top plays in cotton bowl history that thump 
is in the top 10. Listen, Lindy Holmes is still top taking five. Advil for that shit. Yeah. Dude, I know. Speaking of the, the 08 season, of course, while we were there in Texas, or in Lubbock, Texas was playing tech, like, it registered to me that they think of the um, the Michael Crabtree play, like, we think of Vince Young on fourth and five. Like, it is their, like... <laughs> that is so true. That's it is their point. pinnacle. It like, is. I, I grew up in West Texas, so I, I know quite a few Tech fans. And so, like, they, I'm like, sorry. years and years and years yeah. and years later, we'll talk about that play. Like, oh. I'm like, dude, do y'all realize that y'all went and got embarrassed by OU like, a couple of weeks later? But here's and the then deal. you got exactly. even more embarrassed by Ole Miss in your bowl game. Exactly. No. Two weeks, no, a week or two weeks was they went and like wet the bed against Oklahoma and it's like you should we I'm about to get salty you should have like played yourself out of that scenario right then like plus you had a loss in the preseason or the, the non-conference you already had the, that should have counted right it should have gone to the head-to-head -head. But, <laughs> but it's tech and we are their championship BCS politics of oh. Bob Stoops coaching trees and friends all rally their votes to this side. And that <laughs> yeah. that's what happened. Yeah, that was bull crap. That was what was happening. The BCS coaches polls putting in their votes for this and that. And that's what swayed Texas out of that. You almost, you almost, made, me, you almost made me call Bob Stoops out of his name right there. <laughs> but real quick, Lenny Holmes. So a couple of things. One, he... This uh, is for CB. Let's have some Lenny Holmes talk. <laughs> let's, uh, so Lenny Holmes, I actually ran into him at a charity event because... And when they I was like ran into him or tackled him on the golf course. <laughs> did yes. no, he, <laughs> did hey, he end up on his he, back? Or he, he really wouldn't he, come around me. You know, it was I don't know why, but he, he, he wouldn't come around me. PTSD from that. He's like, no man, we so, good. No, <laughs> that's so, not what he's known for. So we were at this charity event. He didn't talk to me all night, and I was like, I talked to a lot of you, oh you guys. We did a charity event for military kids in in Colleen, uh, Joaquin Iglesias. Of course, uh, Tommy Harris and guys that I knew, especially the two five four guys, but he didn't talk to me all night. And I was like, what a... I we know the word you're saying. Said. We yeah. know And so then I fast forwarded and I ended up meeting one of his agents and I was like, dude, and I told him the same story. I was like, I was with this guy all night. Why did he not talk? I was like, if, if, if he had the chance to knock me out, he would have done it in a heartbeat. I wouldn't have not talked to him because of that. Right? That's football. That's game. That's Texas so, OU, man. He had, he had the best answer ever. He's like, but Q, you don't get it. OU fans show him that video every year. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. So it, no, it's not just us. No, it's OU fans. With that. <laughs> I think the Texas equivalent is Texas fans being dickbags to Blake Gideon. Look, uh, that was bad. look, we all know the play sucked. We all know how he wanted it to go. And that kid was yeah. like 19 at the time. 18. 18. How do you blame somebody for not getting an interception for the game? You know, like there's so much more that happened yeah. in that game. Right. You can't blame one. Right. Could have been an interception. Well, it could, really could have been an interception. <laughs> but you can't blame that one play when a game is 60 minutes. Just like, just hey, like. Hey, can I, can I say a disclaimer on that piece of it? Because I, I'm, I'm, I'm real about stuff, but I, I'm very against anti-bullying. Blake Gideon the next morning. I got hurt that game. I got hurt play two. I didn't end up finishing the game. Arakpo got hurt. Roy Miller got hurt. Jordan got hurt. So many guys got hurt man. that game. Yeah. So the next morning, when you get hurt at UT, you have to come in at 6 a.m. the next morning. Well, we get there the next morning, 
and we're all together. We're all off campus. You know, we, we of course, plan to, we got there on time to get some treatment and to figure out what was wrong with us. We get there and there's a kid laying on the training table face down. And I was like, and of course we're still emotional, pissed off. And I was like, what the hell, who is that? And Kenny Boyd runs up to us. He's like, hey guys, y'all are the captains. I need y'all's help here. That's Blake. And I was like, he got hurt last night? He was like, no, he had to shut down. He had to shut down Facebook. He had to shut down every social media site. He had death threats. He had death threats. Death threats, man. And I was like, what? I said, you telling me, I was like, our Longhorns fans would, I mean, I really was younger and I you didn't like, know. <laughs> no way we would ever do that to one of our own. No, and so we have to be better. And, and, and Blake ended up having a phenomenal career as a safety for us. That was not why we lost the game. That Hell was, no. you know, it's never one play. It's 60 minutes of three teams. Right. It's never one play. Of course, it's dramatic, and it looks like just like this past weekend, it looked like it came down to one the fumble at the thing. Exactly. It's 60 minutes of three teams all executing their own levels of skill and planning. And it's yeah. not just one play, or it's not just one bad ref call, right? Or a couple right. of bad ref calls. It's it's so much more than that. Right. And and for fans, even when you know when players transfer, we know we have good family friends, their son and uh, we love him and we wish him the best. Nothing but love to the Watson family. We hope he finds good success wherever he goes. We we can't hate on kids who it doesn't fit them. Like maybe coming to Texas wasn't didn't work out it just like right. the kid in the in the band band the kid in science the kid in as the architecture major whatever if it doesn't fit you and it didn't work out for you for whatever reason i wish you the best yeah. wherever you go and i want you to be a successful human and i want you to be a, hap a happy human and i hope the watson family you know kenyatta kj i hope wish him the best wherever he goes Heck yeah so we can't we can't hate on these kids because but we sure do love them when they transfer to Texas. Oh yeah. Like, what's that double standard? Yeah. Like they left Crazy. somewhere else. Well, Shane Bouchelle, Shane Bouchelle went to SMU, and how many Texas fans like all the time are like, "Oh, go Stangs." Of course, they're not in our. You know, they're not in our. By the home. way, they're four. No, by the way. Everybody. Oh, we're cheering. We're cheering hard. What's the difference? Like we're, it, we're cheering it, for Shane's success, yeah. It, it, it wasn't in his man. best interest to stay at Texas. That's That much is clear. Like, he had a lot of football to play, so he transferred. And Texas fans are all over that. But then why is there such a double standard versus, like, you know, Kenyatta and others? It doesn't make sense to me. Like, mm -hmm. entitled Shane was the quarterback? Yeah. Again, yeah. entitled fans. But I will never, ever actively root against or hold grudges uh, toward anybody who has ever wor worn that's – Twister. Warren burnt orange. Um, unless you go Ever. to play for OU or AM, then I'm going to hold a grudge. Oh, yeah. Then that happens very often. But I'm just, okay, like, okay. Has that ever happened? Well, no, no, no. no, no. We don't know. Oh, no, uh, people have come here. Like, there's been yeah, places, yeah. but like, okay, like, Charlie Strong hate. Charlie Strong hate. Like, you've got to let that crap go. The Chris Sims hate. You have to let that crap go. Yeah, like, they love Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at Chris Sims about anything he did on the field. Right. The problem with Chris Sims, we can't let go of his hate until he quit hating on us. Chris Sims talk worse about UT than half the OU people. 
Damn. Sims, you're the last dude that needs to talk about UT it's because Matt gave you like the lore of chances when you maybe didn't earn the job. So that's he a whole nother deal. 26 and six as a starter. Dude, my voice doesn't count for shit because I haven't played for Texas. But, like, but thank you. You I, have the opportunity and you didn't capitalize. Stop being a salty fucking Sally I don't and think leave it be. Oh, no, 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 no. I think Hannah, 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 uh-uh. No, no, no. He's salty. You're one of those guys. I see. <laughs> just, I'm just yeah, just dropping facts. Girl, just... Go off your personal experience. In life, that's right. what I do. I go off my personal experience. However, Sims haven't learned, earned, and, and, and it's earned. We, we talk about Sam talking about like versus respect. Sim haven't earned an ounce of respect for Texas fans and people afterwards because he, he actively talks all kinds of... You talk about votes, you talk about things when it comes to UT. Sims has literally, and, and, and even going back to Coach B, and I think they're, I don't know, honestly, and that's a problem because I know so many people who are so cool with Coach B. How can you not be if you play for him, and especially Sims, because Coach B put himself out there for him when Sim was consistently getting outpaid, played by the guy behind him. But he, he he's, he's, he's salty for a, a million reasons, and, and truly – Look, I, I'm just going to say, you know, not, okay. I don't dislike him. I'm just going to say, I don't think Texas fans should be shitty to him. No, heck no. But it is a valid argument that he has been a dick and super salty about Texas since then. And he has. And that's the last thing. I'll tell you. Speaking of dick and super salty. Hold on. Speaking of dick and super salty. Let's talk about Texas OU this weekend. Yeah, like. One last thing. One one last thing. One last thing. When's the last time you've seen him throw up the horn? But when he was at Texas, though, like we were playing for the Big Twelve title, like consistently, and it's great conversation. I'm indifferent, but but yeah, I'm indifferent, but I I appreciate. I wasn't I, I even do. trying to make it a Chris Sims like argument. So yeah, I'll end with this. I, I don't think the hate was for Chris Sims until Chris post career started hating on Texas. I think we're, that's when it grew like hardcore because that's also when social media grew. That's when other things grew. And it was very clear that he has a big issue with Texas. So I, I think people kind of voiced their opinion about him because because this, I mean, it even goes back. I, I sometimes compare it to Greg Davis. People hate on Greg Davis and Greg Davis historically is one of the he best was amazing. freaking he, coordinators. He took to us to two national championships. Yeah, he yeah. was so, amazing. And I think he had to fall on a sword a bit for bigger administrative issues, but I would put Greg Davis as one of the top OCs in the history of college football. I mean, real, real talk, because uh, he only he did it at North Carolina, he did it at Texas. Oh, by the way, a field goal away from taking Iowa yeah. to the freaking playoffs. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll go back to Texas OU now. So let's <laughs> rock. All right, can we get back to Hate Week, y'all? Yeah, I just want to talk about some hate. Let's get back to Texas. We hate those Sooners, that's for sure. So, so let's look at this. What are the keys for Texas uh, for Texas to have success this weekend? Let's talk about offense. Let's talk about defense. What does Texas need to improve on? Where can we take advantage of a wounded Sooners team? Uh, it, Quan, I'll, I'll look to you for perspective on this. Offense. What are the keys on offense for Texas? You know, we haven't really, and I guess a little bit at UTEP, but impose our will. You know, I think it's be a balance. Use Sam in every way, form, or fashion throwing the ball because we have the guys 
especially I, I'm hearing Jordan may come back as well. But OU's defense has been atrocious for years. Well, take full advantage of that. We have the better quarterback. We have a senior quarterback. So toss it. But at the same time, that running back, their D-line, their defense is just, I mean, it is struggling. And so we need to dominate them. If we are what we are, because right now we lead the country in points. So guess what? We need to do that on offense, what we truly do. And this team didn't hold K-State or Iowa State, you know, out of the out of the end zone. So they dang sure shouldn't hold us. Last year they were supposed to stink too, but they sure sacked Sam nine times and had like 15 or was it 15 tackles for loss. They, their defense, 19. for some reason, 19, thank you, a million. Painful. They, they have, they, for some reason, their defense manages to rise up against Texas. As you should in a rivalry game. 100%. Yes, and yes, as you should in a rivalry game. So taking that, like, don't you, do, wouldn't you say that for some reason their defense might magically figure it out because they always do for Texas? So they're going to have the emotion. But ultimately, when I say impose your will, to me, that is called, hey, you know what? I'm going to run exactly what you think I'm going to run, and I'm going to kick your ass at it. That's the attitude you have to have when it comes to this rivalry game. Um, Casey what is talks Texas about it right now? What is it? What's the, what is their will? What is their identity? I'm so, going to go impose it. What is it? I think with the <laughs> limping, bleeding OU that's coming into this game on an offensive side of it, it has to be all of the above. You should be able to connect every time you want to in the air. You should be able to run it down their throats. We've got I mean, Whitty you should be back. able. Yes. We yes. have. And Jake Smith. That we've we got Eagles. We've got so many more, more weapons. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, so I, what, what is it? And you know what's interesting about the times we're two and one you know it feels like doesn't always feel like it because of the last couple of weeks but three and two, one would be really nice it would be three great nice. especially with a, a win over you know OU and so I, I think this actually could honestly if you go back to last year's OU game I think we've been a little inconsistent from that game on and yeah you, you had agree. you went into that game with only one loss you were playing pretty well but then you fast forward to the um, OU game. We looked – it was a seven-point game, but it didn't feel like it. And it looked pretty rough. And so I think we've been pretty inconsistent from that game on, um, which is why we kind of had the season we did last year for our standard. This could also be the game that's sending you back to where you were heading last year, LSU game all that stuff to where you can dominate on momentum. That level. This can get your swag back at the end of the day. This rivalry game, even in a COVID year, can get you going in the right direction to where you can – I mean, you really should dominate from this game and every game afterwards. It's just the standard. It has to be and what you have to do from that standpoint. So, on offense, impose your will. Be the more physical team. And more times than not, there's two things – that happened in this game, and it's both sides of the ball. The more physical team and the team with the least turnovers win this game, yep. yes. and that's what happens in rivalry games. So on the defensive side, same. Be more physical. Knock the holy you-know-what out of them. Actually, if you go back to our defense, we've had our, we had our struggles versus tech tackling, but we made some corrections in, last week, and bigger than anything, our D-line has been really – Coburn, you know, freaking – my man Osai, he's been – they've been balling. So yeah. OU's O-line has been on the absolute 
struggle bus, take advantage of that. Make pressure on Mr. Rattler because when he gets pressure as a young quarterback, he gets it out of his hand, and, it, and it's a lot of times it's to our team or the other yeah. team. Yeah. And so I think that's how the defense needs to dominate, create those turnovers with the young quarterback. And then on special teams, we saw going back to our days, Chipley returned the kick. You know, um, that was a huge thing in the 45-35. Returns, I, I it doesn't it have to be a home. return in Texas OU history. Oh, 100%. And yeah. still is. And so you do something like that, and, you, and you, you take care of the ball. You get ready for OU, weirdly, in the last few years, have had like a pump fake or something like that. So you take care of that business and be disciplined in the special teams. And I think that's all three phases. You win. You beat. You don't just beat them. You beat the crap out of them. Look, we need to beat the breaks off of OU. That's how I Going back to what you were saying about defense and like getting pressure on Rattler, who's young and impressionable. And and one thing I was happy to see, especially in the second half versus TCU, is that they were utilizing the the end more. Like, you know, they moved um, the fourth lineman up and like they were like, we were getting pressure without, quote, blitzing every play. So. Let's let's use that. Like we really can, and we have the dogs in in that interior, especially the starters. They're yeah. good enough to create that pressure. I mean, Coburn creates a double slash triple team every time because he's a he, he's a dog. I he's love that beast, kid, man. man. He's a beast. Look, I mean, he, what I am concerned about. So did y'all know last week that he had eleven tackles and three no, no. tackles for loss? He, he was a, he was like amazing like badass at key moments last week yeah like say, so, key moments, our defense we saw them against TCU. tech or utah yeah. so our, yeah, so our I, defense stepped up at tcu they learned from tech it, it, from tech i felt they were technically out of position their hips were facing the wrong way their eyes weren't in the right places i i felt there were a lot of fundamental issues with our secondary at tech i think we stepped up and fix that with TCU. I, I don't yeah. have qualms with our defense versus TCU. No. What no. I will say, what what stuck out to me in TCU that I know that Lincoln Riley is smart enough to take advantage of, linebackers. our linebackers were consistent. And we all know we are thin at that position. Uh, our linebackers were, were consistently out of position, not covering the middle of the field and not giving our safeties and our corners that coverage that they need to, to be on one-on-one. So, you know, like, you know, damn well, Lincoln Riley keyed in on that and is going to teach his young and smart quarterback, Rattler, listen, just like Dugan saw, when that middle's open and you got one guy to beat, fucking run it right up the middle. There is no reason not to because Rattler is, look, I don't care what Texas fans say. The kid is young, but he's talented. Yeah. And if we walk in here with a swagger, like he doesn't know what he's doing, we're going to get our asses beat. Yeah, we can't walk in with that swagger. We just got embarrassed at home. And so I think that's going to be huge. And what I do know about Coach Ash is he's actually, which is so weird to kind of put in perspective now because he's an absolute hardcore crazy sickler for the details. And he will look at that play and be like, and I don't know what happened. I think there was a communication issue. It was a wide uh, open. Nobody. Oh my gosh! I mean, it looked like seven on seven in the middle, and so um, I think but that would be correct. That's what it was, yeah. Well, it's a mobile quarterback for years. I've been I crept tonight. Who ran all so, over them last year? The same kid. <laughs> yeah. We had so, VY that like set the bar for mobile quarterbacks and set the bar 
for, for young black college quarterbacks. Like he broke that glass ceiling, right? And he yeah. set it up. And then ever since then, Texas has been like, wait, what? As we wrap up, as we wrap up this amazing episode, one, we know we have, we get to have Quan Cosby for part two of the aftermath. It's either going to be the aftermath or it's going to be the aftermath. Or it's going to be woo-wee, man. Okay, let me just say this. I want to say stuff out loud. I, going into the TCU game last week, for instance, I didn't have a good feeling after what happened at Tech, but... Sometimes I just have this weird feeling. I, I think we're going to be okay this weekend. That's yeah. all I'll say. Well, I'll tell I you what. I, like I, that I, I, I concur. At the end of the day, we have to because be okay. it's, it is um, – if, we're, if we, we don't take care of business this weekend, we, we, um, it's, it's going to get real around here. So I think that Tom right now, he's not coaching for his job right now. He's coaching for legitimacy of the Big 12. Texas runs a, a, a wound. If they beat the Briggs and a little bit for sure. team, and yeah. all is right in our world. Now, look, yeah. Herman ain't going anywhere. Not in COVID. No one's going so, anywhere. Right. So <laughs> Herman is playing, coaching for the legitimacy of the Big 12 right now because we have Mac about to start back up. We have Big 10 about to start back up. We have a fucking OSU team that is ranked number six still without playing a single snap. So we have to fight that perception as a one-loss team that we deserve to be there. Yeah. So, so the big, me, so the Big Twelve ultimately saves college football. You have to have somebody that is actually legitimate in the exactly. playoff and in the mix. So hopefully, Texas is that school because I'm very biased about it. But uh, right now, they that means they they, ha- they certainly have to take care of business this weekend and many weeks afterwards. Agreed. All right. So to wrap up, I mean, next week sure. we get to talk to you again. We're excited. Oh, yeah. We get to have you again next week. So I look forward to Cosby. it. You said earlier that this was could be momentum game, right, for the season. You said earlier that this game could determine if they're, you know, if it gets rolling and they start dominating and and setting their will, right, for the rest of the season. Do you see this Saturday, even though it's a wounded, you said a bleeding wounded OU, <laughs> they are still a It's team. a Lenny Holmes after Quan got to him. <laughs> but they are still a well-coached, established blue blood program that will get better week by week because they have the established coaching staff that gets better week by week. Do you see this game this Saturday as a turning, as a fork in the road for Texas, or is it another game? For this 2020 season with senior quarterback, is it a fork in the road? So this game is never just another game. We can do all the coach speak all we want. We can do all the, the talk all we want. This is Texas OU week. That, that game is different. You know, it's you – and more times than not, you either chose Texas or you chose OU. And they stay in our backyard getting Texas kids. So this is never just another game. They need – they have to go take care of business. And, again, I would – I wouldn't even know what it means to go into a Texas OU game with an OU team who has two losses. Like, that's crazy to me. So you know what? And they're going to be pissed. Bury their ass. Yes. Guess what? Bury them. Put them out of their misery. Who better than... <laughs> Put them out. Shoot them in the Red River it's, shootout. It's a kind thing to do. Put them out of their misery. Put them out of their misery. All right. Forget that whole kick a dead horse stuff. Kick it. Dead done. I love nah, it. Rapid, but, um, rapid round, y'all. Wrap it around. Predictions. Quan, what's your prediction for this weekend? Oh, Texas win all day long. Are you talking score? Yeah, what's your score? Because OU was favored by two to two and a half. That's a whole nother. Good Lord. That's 
thing. They would just need the money on both sides. But I like it because Tom Herman's record in under, as an underdog <laughs> is pretty good. I thought about him as an underdog, and when I saw we were technically the underdog, I was like, woohoo. But as soon as he uh, said, oh, you Texas, I was like, shit, we're going to lose. <laughs> what is as that? As soon as he called the game, oh, so, you Texas. Listen, we didn't get on that, but we're going to see how this weekend goes because if, if, if it don't go like I want to, we're damn sure going to get on it next week. Mm, um, I think I, I honestly think we're, we are fired up. Sam and crew, what I've seen and heard about this week, I think we're going to take care of business. And, and honestly, I think we're going to beat the sh- I think we're going to beat the crap out of them. You can and, say it. You can say it. We're that fan. <laughs> <laughs> I say Texas win. I don't know the actual score, but we win by two touchdowns. I like Upset, it. Upset, baby. <laughs> okay. Hannah, what's your final prediction? Well, now, I will last because I have one fun question to ask Quan. Okay. I'll go. Um, I do actually think because we're the underdog is the only reason we win. Is I would say 38-27. Closer than you got it, Quan, but Ooh. they're gonna OU's gonna move the ball on us. Uh, 38-27 in Texas. I feel that. I feel you. Yeah. Look, I'm getting okay. aggressive because fuck it, that's who I am as a person. A thousand to nothing. Texas <laughs> by 40, y'all. Texas Hell by yeah. 40. Ooh. I'll take 30, but I'm gonna go with Texas <laughs> by 40. So right, look, Anna, I, I think up. we come you're inspired up. up. I think we're gonna the most love says it since what, like oh five, like yes, and I want 12, that. I want that, and I I want yeah, our hold, hold to come on. in hold and put Rattler on his ass. Is Rattler <laughs> is Rattler the next Brett Bomar? That would be great. <laughs> I want Texas. That's really not my question. Okay, okay. My official score prediction. I'm gonna go with forty two to thirty one. That's about what I have, 38-27. Okay, Quan, um, okay, which is more enjoyable? That game, the experience as a player or as a fan? And why? Um, 100% as a player because I can, actually do, I can do something about it. <laughs> it's brutal to be on the sideline and not be able to knock those mofos out. So, um, uh, uh, and honestly, that's kind of where I'm at going back to even the TCU game. I think this year more than ever, it has been going back to the grandpa and on a, I, I don't miss football. I actually love You've always everything. been grandpa. Come on. I, I, I don't miss football until this year. And I'm like, it has everything to do with not being able to get out there and show lead and just beat the hell out of guys that we should beat. And this one more than ever. So by far, this game is harder as, as a fan and forever will be to my existence because I always like kicking their ass, and I want to do it every chance I get. So that, that's that's what it is from from hey, Texas. Word, you love to see word. it. You love to yeah. see it. All right, one Thank parting you. question for you, Quan. Uh, well, I know Hannah just—that was a great question, Hannah. That was um, a good question. One more question, kids, young athletes today. What would you tell them if they loved baseball and they loved football? Which one would you tell them to pursue? If you're, if you're a young athlete today, first of all, play both in high school. Yeah, play both. The better after coaches want, want that. If I had to be real about it, hey, caramba, I would say choose baseball. And I, and I mean every bit of it because, one, I'm the luckiest guy on the planet to, to have the least injuries that I had. My brother from another mother, Shipley, had a lot more injuries. But fortunately, he's as smart as it gets, and he's a great guy, and, and he kept it together. And then baseball, unfortunately, if you want to get to the if you want to get to the professional level, 
baseball treats you like a pro. Uh, NFL, unfortunately, you can look at things going on now with the owners, with the um, – I, I mean every bit of it. And you ask the guys who had 20-year careers and guys who had four, uh, you're somewhat a piece of meat on that side of it. So do what you can. And if you have the guy given ability, do all whatever, however, whenever uh, to Kyler change Murray. your life. But, um, yeah, heck, yeah, he, I think he <laughs> – he yeah, wished he had signed with the A's. He's doing pretty good at Arizona, though. He is. He, well, he got his butt kicked last year. Well, and he got a high I know. No, but he's, he's, not, he's not the worst quarterback in the NFL by far. Like, nah, he's, not he's at all. He's in middle of the pack right now, and that's it's really, pretty it's, good. No, he he's is. And it's, it's, it's really easy to be more passionate about football because it's more action. It's more exciting. It's more entertaining. It's all the above. But baseball, you want to play 10, 20 years and have guaranteed money and be able to truly change your um, generations, you dang sure should choose that. And it's an amazing sport. And, and I'll be more, even more specific, you know, young black and brown kids play more baseball. It is a great sport to use your athleticism in it. Um, I think baseball will um, benefit from, and you see it right now, the number one player in, in the league for the Dodgers, uh, Mookie. I mean, he's so freaking fun to watch and it's cool to see. Usually, by the way, for those who watch baseball, a lot of those brown kids are Dominicans. Yeah, <laughs> They're not yeah, Americans. They are. <laughs> so, they are Cubans. So, baseball is a one, baseball is a global sport. It's an amazing sport. I love it to death. I'm more passionate about football because of the action. But um, I wouldn't change anything about anything I ever did. But if I'm talking very realistically to young kids, play baseball. It's an amazing sport. And, um, it's going to be around for a long time. And and you probably want to end up at a school a that's gone to the, the College World Series. More than any time. other, which is still Baseball come is to UT, baby. Hook them. Put it out there. And Coach Pierce, who I forgot to call today. Dang it. I got to call him in the morning. Coach Pierce is <laughs> one of the best. I know your name dropping here now, oh, I No. I, I, dude, I was on the I, phone with Coach Pierce. I know, man. He called me, and I, I texted him at work and was like, dude, I'm going to call you back, and I didn't. So I'm sorry, Coach Pierce, if you're listening to this. I'm going to call you. I don't know tomorrow. if he's listening. He needs to. <laughs> hey, I'll text him and tell him he needs to because it was a great conversation. And honestly, you'd be surprised. Coach Pierce is the type that was certainly listen. He appreciates He's all tied of in, us, man. He's all tied of in. You know, we are pleasantly surprised with the really cool people that listen to us and actually want to hear what, actually hear what we have to say. Man. Yeah. Y'all are appreciated. Hey, man, that's what people like. <laughs> hey, We're look, keeping it real. If anything, we keep it honest. So, so Quan, I want to say you honestly from the soul, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to uh, – I hope we look forward to our conversation next week uh, after Texas just kicks the shit out of OU. <laughs> And yeah, we all man. are rainbows and sunshine after that. But, uh, Hell yeah. but and again, hopefully we're all together when we record. Yeah, I'm hey, so next week, week. Next I'm in my patio right now. when we record. Yeah, after we kick that butt, I'm coming to your crib. So all right. Me. Well, yeah. okay. okay. Words are marked. All right. We, we all had yeah. score predictions. The winner, the closest to the real score gets to bring the first round of drinks. 40 right, points. 40 we'll points. Megan ain't bringing drinks. I'm <laughs> owning it. <laughs> Let's no, I love it. Hey, I'll tell you what, I hope you win. Hey, right? Thank you. I'm the optimist here. Go ahead, Hannah. Listen up with this. It's 8.55 p.m. and? Oh, you oh, you sucks. All day and every day. Those sons of you know what. I love it. Okay. Hey, thank you all for listening. As always, this is another episode of Fire the Cannon. I'm Megan. I'm Rocky. I'm Hannah. I'm Quan. <laughs> That's and this is Fire the Cannon. Hook em, baby.
Stay with me.